You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Well, it's a beautiful day on the Pastor Pod. We're here for episode 67. If you're new with us, I'm Josh. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Jay Mudd, who's in Orlando, and I'm down in Venice. And we are talking about something that's really near and dear to our heart, leading change today. So uh, this is going to be a fun, fun conversation, and look, looking forward to learning from you today, Jay. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood is where I thought you were going to go with that. Um just because I don't know, that's where my mind instantly went with Mr. Rogers and neighborhood. Josh, good to be back with you. And yes, what a fun topic, leading change. Um, and I, I don't, you know, let's be honest, change is not easy and most people don't like change. Mm-hmm. So leading change is probably one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do um, as a pastor, as a leader in any capacity, whether it be in the church, whether it be in my my own personal life, whether it be leading my family to change, change is never easy to lead. It's never easy to be a part of. Most people resist it with, uh, you know, a stiff arm, like football stiff arm, mm-hmm. right? Super Bowl Sunday coming mm-hmm. up, hoping to see some oh, yeah. stiff arms, right? Um, mm-hmm. Hoping to see some stiff arms. Hey, before we get there, Josh, go ahead and make your take. I want to record who's winning the Super Bowl this weekend because it's it's going to be documented so my- right here. Yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, of course we we always come out on Fridays. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm I'm gonna share this with the church Sunday too, because not that they ever ask for my opinion on, <laughs> but I always give it. So this is this is I'm gonna pull it up to make sure I get it right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be pull- saying, oh, you wrote it down. my report. Okay. Yeah. So Eagles twenty eight, Chiefs thirty one. That's that's my that's my prediction. You know, I saw somewhere online there was a meme. I think it was FB, uh, uh, NFL memes. It was like somebody leaked the score to the Super Bowl. Did you see that by any chance? And it was yeah, actually talking about how everything is yeah, programmed and they, they've it's actually out got who's going to win. I think it's got the Eagles at like 34 and the Chiefs at 31. Like the Eagles win by three. And uh, so if that at that happens, hey, we've got a problem. But um, I, I, I don't, I don't think I have the spread like you do, but I, I think, I actually think, um, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be as close. I think it's going to be a good game, but I don't think it's going to be a close. I actually think the, and believe the chiefs will take the Eagles by a touchdown. I'm not going to do the score. They're going to take okay. them by seven. They're going to take them by a touchdown. I do have the chiefs okay. winning though. Uh, so anyhow, yep. okay. Now the, the, that you've heard it, you've heard it from us. Uh, you heard you know, it here. If you're, don't if make, you're do not make any decisions based off of our. If you're our input, <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. If you're a gambling person, don't put your money on what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So Josh, back to the topic at hand. Let's get, let's get right into it. All right. Change. We're going to talk about change, leading change. Uh, the difficult task it can be to, um, uh, to lead change. Um, so Josh, mm-hmm. talk to me about you. I, I, I went on a rant there real quickly about how hard it is for mm-hmm. me. How have you, how have you experienced change? How does it work in your life? Do you do you embrace it? Do you not like it? Because on a personal level, I'll be honest, I, I actually enjoy change. I enjoy it. I I like chaos. I do better in chaos. So change brings chaos. Um, it's difficult, but I mm-hmm. personally enjoy it. What about you? Yeah, if you were to look at a like a like maybe a a graph, 
I, I lean more on the change side for sure. I, I do like change, not pointless or meaningless change, but I love to see things change to improve. And so, um, so I do struggle sometimes with, with, you know, like I have a workout schedule that I've laid out on my calendar and I've been pretty good about keeping it, but there's days I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go. And that's just called being lazy, but I might do something else in place of it or, or make up for it on another day. So I do struggle with like a, like rigid, rigid schedule. Some people, they, they, they thrive in that. They do the exact same thing at 5 15 AM. They do exactly the same thing on seven at seven thirty AM. And I think there's some health whenever you have some healthy rhythms in your life, but, but change in general, like I, I like trying new things. I like meeting new people. I enjoy the church trying new creative things to reach people, to, to lead people. But I wouldn't say I like changing the core essentials of our faith or changing things that are concrete and clear. Does that make sense? So we're talking about change today. We're talking about changing our beliefs. We're talking about changing things that will improve not only our lives physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, in all those, in all those I think it's important that you clarify that. Because I think a lot of times what we mm-hmm. do on the podcast is we make sure we say, hear what we are saying and what we're not saying. And what we are are not mm-hmm. saying today is that we're looking to change our beliefs and our core values, the things of what the Bible teaches us that are very clear. Uh, that is not what we're talking about. Um, and so I think that's really important that we lay that ground foundation first. Mm-hmm. But uh, something you said a minute ago, um, and it gets me thought, you know, I'm not afraid to say what I think and – Hopefully it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, uh, but you know the idea. Like every some people do the same thing at five fifteen a.m. every day. Josh, that would drive me bonkers. That would drive me absolutely crazy to do the same thing, eat the same thing, do the same thing every single day of my life. So that gives you a picture of who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I don't. I don't. I can't do that. I want variety. I want flavor. Um, so maybe I do like change mm-hmm. more than I, I'm admitting to. I don't know. But I think you do, and I think I do too. But yeah, yeah, it's I just, if we wow. it, it change if we don't change, uh, it leads to unhealthy patterns when it comes to our, our spiritual lives. When it comes to being too comfortable in our in our routine, where where nothing can change and nothing, no one can touch my schedule. Everything is already set, and you know, no one ruffle up my my schedule. I think there's an unhealthy pattern, either extreme, where you say, "Well, I have no structure. I don't wake up on time. I don't get to work on time. I don't follow any type of." you know, healthy schedule. I think there's, I think there's benefits to both, but I do think it's like you make plans, but you hold your hands open to the Lord to change them if they're not his plans. And I think that's, that's another probably discussion, but leading change, um, is, is a little different than just personal change. But if you struggle with change personally, you're, you're going to probably struggle with leading change and that, and that, and, and leading change, that could be a small thing that could be, Hey, we need to change the way um, that we welcome people at church, or it could be, I need to change the way my small group, um, runs the, the time that we have together where we re- we spend more time in, in the word and maybe more time in, in prayer with each other versus, you know, 30 minutes of just chit chat. Um, and that sort of thing. So, so change is a big, broad umbrella. I think today we're going to lean in a little bit more on the, on the, on the leadership and church side, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, but how important is leading change in the life of a leader, would you say, Jay? I mean, when it comes to being a pastor and leader. I think it's critical. And I, and I think I want to put this in a couple different categories here because I think the pastor will need to be – I think it's really important for a leader pastor 
to be able to lead change, um, even though it may be uncomfortable for that individual. And, and here's what I'll say that is it's important for us to if we find ourselves, it's important to be, be able to own who we are. So if you're listening today and you're a pastor and you're like, I do not, I resist change. I do not like change. Don't like it at all. And understanding that, owning that, and admitting that is a big deal because what you that means is you need to then surround yourself with people who are okay with embracing change and can help you lead through change. You can still lead change even if you resist change. If you're a healthy, good leader who's capable of um, not being um, insecure in your leadership enough to where you can't invite other people to help lead and establish those that change. I know great leaders who do not like change, would rather everything be the same as always been, but invite people to the table and actually give them a, a, a seat, uh, a place in the leadership role to effectively help lead that change. So I believe it's critical – that a leader is able to lead change, whether they are physically leading it because they're embracing it, okay with it, or they're immobilizing and positioning others with the ability to do it alongside of them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, yeah, I believe change change is inevitable in the church. The church has to continually be willing. Um, again, we're not talking about beliefs. We're not talking about values. Um, we're not talking about those types of things, but I'm talking about is, uh, you know, when, when it comes to missiology, I'm in the church planning world. We talked about this last week, the idea of what it's, what it's going to take for a person to plant a new life-giving church in a new area may not look the same as it does in another church. In order for doing that, if you're going to bring other people along, there's going to be baggage with that. There's going to be things with that. They're going to bring things from church that they like and they enjoy, but they may also have to change in order to reach the people that God has put in front of them. That is what I'm talking about when it comes to change. We have to be able to lead that type of change and say, hey, we're not going to necessarily do it this way. We're going to do it this way because it's important in order in order to reach a people group that God has placed in our path. What about you? What do you think? Mm-hmm. How important is it? I think that's huge. I think you have to you have to become comfortable with change because the only thing that is consistent is change. Ooh. I mean, the, the only and I heard I've heard it said many times, the only person who likes ch- change is the one making the change. Or deciding on the change, like like if you're the leader making the change, you probably had lots of time to process it, and even though it's painful, like you're saying. And some people are like conflict averse, and they're going, you know, if I do this, I'm going to upset this group or that group, and and, and irregardless, you're going to upset you're going to upset people regardless whether you right. change or you don't. Or if a church is if a church is struggling, and and you know, I've had lots of conversations over the years about like, well, when do we make this change with other pastors? You know, well, well, the church has been stuck doing things for the last 40 years this way. And they told me if I change X, Y, Z, then they're going to be mad. And this, this percentage is not going to be, you know, for it. And, and, and of course there, there needs to be a long patient process when making change. I think that's one of the greatest important, you know, principles is, when we make change to an to an, to an existing church, it's a marathon. When you're getting ready to plant a church and you're in the planting process, it's it's really a sprint, and you're pivoting, you're moving pretty quickly to make adjustments. Whether it's how you set up for church, whether it's how you onboard volunteers, like yes, there's structure, but you're you're not you're not having to deal with all the sacred cows that have been developed in that church for for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so there's a two different way to look at it. So talking to a friend the other day about, you know, did he feel called to plant a church or did he feel called to work in an established church? And so we we're kind of having this dialogue. And I just kind of said, you know, you you need to pick your heart. 
I don't know if we've, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but I said, you, you're going to, you're going to face challenges as a leader, as a pastor in an, in, in an established church or in a church plant. Now you have to decide, are you the right fit and the right, you're wired to do one or the other. And I'm not saying they're completely different on different sides of the, of, of, of the, of the field, but at the end of the day, being a pastor, being a leader means that we are to be change makers in a godly, wise way. Because if things don't change, and when I, when I talk about th- when I talk about change, like you said, Jay, it's not changing the message, it's not changing the word, it's not changing from our essential beliefs and and who God is and and, and clear doctrine. I'm talking about methods, right? How we accomplish the mission, it, or ma- the way things that we try that are creative to reach the next generation, while at the same time not watering down or changing the essential core beliefs of the gospel and of the word of God. <laughs> so just make sure everybody understands that, that that's really what we're speaking to today is how do we lead change that's healthy? Right. And so I think it's important. You're leading right into something that um, I think is really important because there are, when anytime you meet change, you're going to be met with resistance, right? You're going to be met with difficult things. Um, and and I think we could start with this idea of what are some of those things that you kind of mentioned them. So I think that's why it's important we do this. What are some things that are going to be difficult that are going to meet with resistance? And I think one of the things that you said that was I, I just stood out to me just a minute ago was this idea that you know the person who's most comfortable with change is the person leading the change because you've had time to process it, you've had time to you know nitpick it, you've had mm-hmm. time to do research on it. And I think yeah. pastors and leaders, one of the things we need to understand when we when we're when we're approaching this idea of change and moving a church along uh, to change its its methods, change some things they're doing, whatever it may be. We have to understand they're not going to move as quick as we want them to move necessarily because they haven't had the time to process it. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like the same process with how passionate you are about your sermon on Sunday. Josh, you're going to preach on Sunday. Um, and when you preach on Sunday, you're going to be really passionate, but you've spent a week studying, laboring, praying over that sermon. And they're digesting it at the time where you're like, why aren't you, why aren't you clicking with me? I have to remind myself sometimes, like, you know, yes, the spirit can work, and yes, but I have to remind myself sometimes, like, okay, they're just hearing this, and you've heard me preach, Josh, Mm -hmm. sometimes I can come out like a fire hose, like I'm giving you, you know, I, 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 that's how I talk, I talk fast, I do, oh yeah, for sure. it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We've noticed that, Jay. That's on your critique. Um, you no, it's really good. Bad. I think I like when you bring it. I like when but you bring it. We want but it. But it can be it it's can good. be a firehouse. It can be a fire hose. And the, mm-hmm. the struggle with that is sometimes they're having to digest that. They're having to process that. Mm-hmm. And many times we don't see the fruit of that sermon for a week or two later mm-hmm. because they've had time sure. to process what you've, you've already mm-hmm. processed. Same thing with change. You're leading change. You've studied, you've processed, you know why we need to do this, but it takes people time to process. And I think that's mm-hmm. a huge alert for pastors. We need to understand that when we're leading change, we need to understand and give grace for people the time to process. And and actually you that's can you, you can leverage that by helping give environments for that process to take place. Like, hey, let me give you the change, but then we want to have a small group conversation, a Q and a, because then it's going to raise questions and there's going to be alerts and you've got all those answers because mm-hmm. you did the research. They didn't do the research. So they may have questions. So give them an opportunity to ask the questions so that you can bring them along and change. Uh, but Josh, that there's one thing you said that I think we need to highlight and bring to the table is like change is not easy. And a lot of times it's because the person leading the change has already done the work and the homework, but the person following the change hasn't done any of that. 
what are the areas mm-hmm. that you might find that go, hey, this could be difficult in leading change? Um, wh- what other areas have you found? When it comes to being a pastor, I think people struggle with changing the structure of how the worship service is, what kind of songs we sing, um, what you know, what is most important. Because whatever whatever is important to someone, to them, that is what should be most important to everyone. And, and, and wisdom and maturity has a recognition to go, you know what, this is something God has specifically called me to do, right? This, this ministry, this Bible study, this, uh, this team that I'm serving. And the tendency is, based upon their spiritual gifting and their wiring and their passion, they can sometimes, without knowing it, project that, that desire on everyone else, including the pastor or staff leaders, you know, fill in the blank. And they get disappointed and they get discouraged when everyone isn't as excited about that one thing as maybe the main thing or, or, or something else that the church is focused on, right? So that so managing expectations is probably one of the biggest the biggest uh, pieces of awareness that I'm I'm learning. I'm not there yet, but trying to set expectations with with people on the front end and say, okay, now what do you expect? for me? How can I, how can I support you in this? Or, 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 Hey, I need, I have this, we have this new vision to do, to do this. Would you pray about being a part of that? And then, and this is what I need you. This is exactly what I'm, I need you to do versus, Hey, I need you to lead this thing. And, and we say things that are like really spiritual, like, and I just want you to just run with it. And then they run with it without expect clear expectations and clear boundaries. And then we have to reel it all back in and change everything. And then this person gets their feelings hurt because they did the, they did what they thought was right without our, without true, like, you know, equipping and empowering. And so there's a lot of that that goes on, I think, just in general, in our human, human lives. I mean, whether it's business or in our communities, but I think sometimes the church change is hard because we have already in our minds what we think the church should be doing and how it should be doing it, or based upon my past experience at a church, and we project that on everyone else without recognizing all the other ways God is using other people and their giftings, and we get and we get upset. And so that that's probably one that's that's a long answer, Jay. But I think that's probably managing expectations, specifically of church people that come from other churches that move in, or you know they grew up in a different way that they really struggle with it if, if it's not done the way that they prefer and they right. get, they get upset. Yeah. Yeah. Managing and you can explain it. You, you can explain it 10 to 10 ways. You can talk about culture, but at the end of the day, the hardest way to, ch- to lead change with people in church is when their expectations aren't met. And usually they're not verbalized on either side of the change. Communication. Then. We just think everybody. We just think everybody knows what we mean, right? The pastor. The pastor thinks. Well, everybody. Everybody. Everybody knows me. We're making change. They should just trust me. I mean, I. I mean, why would they ever question me? People out. People in the congregation. You know, why didn't he understand what I meant by that? And so a lot of it is just learning to communicate in a way where you're listening, but you're also answering their objections. You're answering their questions as you vision cast and share the change is something I learned from a couple of pastors in my past that were very good at that and really modeled that well, that 
as you communicate change and give them time to process, what you say should answer all of these big questions, these big pushback statements, so that whenever whenever they're thinking it, you're answering it as you're communicating it. Now, you're not always going to know everything, but what, what we would sit down and do is write out all the things that people would object about. And usually it's like you said, Jay, in those small group meetings or those leadership meetings where you say, hey, what kind of pushback do you have? Yeah. That That's where a lot of those answers would come from. And I think one of the things you're hitting on right here, and yet I don't know if you said it quite just yet clearly, and I'll, I'll try to say it very clearly, is I think one of the most difficult things and one of the most difficult things when it comes to leading change, what makes it difficult is many pastors try to do it solo. They try to lead mm -hmm. the change solo. And that's that that to me has always been an uphill battle when you're the only one trying to do it. Mm -hmm. Pastors, we need to surround ourselves with people who uh, we've communicated like you need to have a board of people that you can you can bounce these mm -hmm. things off of ideas off of and and help them understand change. So you're not the only one communicating. You're not the only one trying to lead change. And I, I hear you saying, you know, we need to be able to answer the questions that someone's going to have. And not all pastors are good at that. And we're not we again, Pastor, we don't we don't need to be good at everything. We're not good at everything. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. We need people around us who uh, mm -hmm. are, are are you know are, have strengths where our weaknesses are. And the more people yeah. we can get around us and helping us to lead that change will help that change to be effective because they're going to be able to mm -hmm. talk to people that you may not connect with. And that's that's just how it works. Not every pastor connects with every single person that's in the room. It's it's mm -hmm. not going to happen. Uh, and as much mm -hmm. as we want, as much as I want to stand there and I want to preach a sermon that's going to connect to every single person in that room, I know it's not going to happen. It's not. Um, I, I'd want it to, but it's not. So that being said, um, Josh, I think it's really important that we understand that we shouldn't be trying to lead this alone. It's not a solo act. We can't be charging out with a water pistol. It, it's just not going to work. We have to surround ourselves with people who are going to help us to lead this change. And that means the change actually starts before we communicate it broadly. We communicate That's it right. in a small group of people. And you may that, be thinking, that, well, I don't have yeah. a staff. And, and I don't want to – I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm -hmm. uh, I may not no, have a staff. No, I, I cut you off. <laughs> the truth of the matter is this. You may not have a staff, but do you have people in your church that you can trust and that can come alongside of you? You probably do. Do you have, you know, men, women who can come alongside you and are, and, you know, maybe they already lead, maybe they lead organizations, they lead companies. Um, they know what it's like to lead change um, and just help them to see how they can do that with it alongside of you within the church. And so you don't have to do it alone. You should not have to do it alone. And I think that's a very, very difficult task and something mm -hmm. that many pastors um, set out to do. And then they give up because they realize how hard it is. Just my two cents. That's there. huge. I totally agree. I mean, it, you know, I would develop that leadership team, the staff, or whatever you have, and say, and run through all the filters of those yeah. decisions with them. So it's, it should never be a surprise to your leadership that they should never hear new information on Sunday morning. Uh, that's some of the biggest biggest debacles have happened in church churches across our nation where there's just like this like aha moment on Sunday and everything they had already agreed upon changes. And it, it just really re wreaks havoc because then those leaders that you've built unity with, when they're asked by other people, they don't know how to answer. They don't. Um, and so they don't know how to do it. So, so, you know, I think a few questions, I, I pulled a few questions. There's a book that I've really enjoyed and it's, it's a guy named Jeff Org. He, he is uh, the president of Gateway Seminary out in California. He was also a uh, pastor for many, many years before that in the in the Northwest in, one, in a really, really unchurched area. 
And so he wrote a book called Leading Major Change in, in Your Ministry. It's a really helpful read if you're into leadership at, at any level of your life. Um, it, it's really helped me. But he, he asked these questions whenever there's a decision, when, whenever there's a process of, hey, should we change something? Should we change anything? Here's a few questions. Is the change essential to the mission? Right. Does this is this does this change even lead to mission or, you know, and, and growth? Secondly, is there shared urgency about the change? Like our church right now, we're kind of processing how to use our space. We're kind of dealing with, you know, a good problem. People are bringing in their friends. And so we're, we're being creative with the chairs. Right. And there's a need to make some more room. So we're asking people to scoot in. Right. Just little things like that. But we want the change to be so clear if we ever have to add another service that everybody has to feel the need to change. Like if the if the building was half filled and we said, you know what, guys, we're going to add a third service because we just have faith that God's just going to, you know, do this. And yes, could God do that? Yes. But there needs to be a shared urgency where people go, oh, I get that. Oh, that, that makes sense before we ever do that. So that, that's one that's one relevant example from what I'm dealing with right now. And then the air conditioner doesn't work very well right now. But uh, number four, is relational trust high enough to sustain the change? Is the timing right? And am I willing to see the change to completion? Which is a great question. So Jay, what are your thoughts on a couple of those? Hey, those are all fantastic questions. And I, and you know, you know, is the timing right for the change? Is is the relational trust high enough for sustaining the change? You know, that's why they they that's why you know they quote unquote they. You know, when you talk to people, they're like, you know, the first six months of the church, you probably shouldn't do too much changing when you take on a new pastoral role. And I think that's what they're hitting on. It's like you don't even have the relational clout to do that. You don't have the relational trust to lead them through change because they don't know you yet. What they're saying is build mm -hmm. the build the relationship before you can make the change. Uh, I think mm -hmm. these are key, key, key questions. Um, and, and I think, you know, if you're leading change and how you're leading change – um, and again, I know this is kind of an understood, I believe it's understood. And I believe uh, it's not only here for a specific reason, but like there there really does need to be a a leading from a prompting from the spirit of God that's telling you this needs to change. That that's that and yeah. this is understood, but it's it's where it needs to start. And and think this is one of the reasons why change can be difficult as well is there's not enough sensitivity to the spirit moving and the spirits were changed, right? People who are, you know, they get into the regiment, like, you know, you've heard this theory of like, we need to leave room in our worship services for the spirit to work. I was preaching, I was asked to preach at a church that, that I dearly, dearly love um, about a year ago. And the pastor had been in the book of Luke for two years, two years in the book of Luke. And I thought to myself, well, I've, they said I could preach anywhere I want. I guess I probably should stay away from the book of Luke because <laughs> they've been in it for two years. I yeah. have to tell you, I wrestled for weeks because the passage that I believe the spirit wanted me to preach on was in the book of Luke. Um, and I preached it and mm -hmm. I told the congregation, I, I made a joke about it. I was like, you, you looked at this passage <laughs> 42 weeks ago. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's one of those ideas. Like you've, you've, you've heard this passage, uh, afterwards, the pastor texted me and said, um, you, you preach a mean Luke. Um, although I've preached the book <laughs> of Luke, you, you, this is what, what I'm getting at is this idea of like, I wanted to resist everything I could not to preach the book of Luke because mm -hmm. they had been doing it. 
but you have mm-hmm. to be sensitive to the spirit of God. Now, I'm sure there's times in my life, I'm, I can guarantee you there's times in my life where I wasn't sensitive and I missed what God wanted me to do, okay? I didn't say that to brag on myself. I say that to say sometimes sure. it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's like, okay, but we got to be sensitive enough. We've got to be having our daily mm-hmm. leadership quiet. We have to have a quiet time leading our church leadership to have the mm-hmm. quiet times to where the spirit is speaking and leading the change because mm-hmm. if you try to do change that's not uh, that's not directed by the spirit of god it will fail it will mm-hmm. fail miserably it may not immediately fail but it will fail ultimately because again we are need to be sensitive to god's leading every step of yeah. the way one thing i often pray is god help me to stay in step with you not to get ahead and not to fall behind but to stay in step mm-hmm. with what you're doing that's good right? good so, I love that. I think it's I just I, it's I think crucial. it's worth saying. I think no, it's it, worth saying that. No, it's like we can't assume anything, right? We talk about it all the time. We're not going to assume we know what we mean by what we by how we start the podcast because we we throw things out and everybody makes up in their mind what they think we mean. But I, I think at the end of the day, like you're saying, Jay, if I'm not on my knees, if I'm not spending time really asking God, Lord, what what do you what do you want to change in me? I think it starts first with me. Like, Lord, is there an area of my life that you need to press in on and change the way that I'm processing this, this, the, the, whatever that change might be in the church, or maybe that change in me or that change in my, my family. I think it's, it's, it's crucial. I think it's, um, pray, pray, pray before you make the change and, and whether it's an easy, small change or whether it's, Hey, we're going to have to revision our church from where it is to where God wants it to be. I mean, we're, we're going to have to go through a revitalization process where we're going to have to go back to why are we here and what has God called us to do for his kingdom as, as his church. I remember years ago, I was um, praying about what was next. I, I don't know if I ever shared this story with you, Jay, but I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of shorten it for you. It was a church that was in, in a rural area. Um, the name of the church was um, pretty awesome. And I was <laughs> like, well, have y'all ever thought about changing it? Cause it's just really like a hard name to like understand. And he said, no, he said, they don't even go to our church. They, they don't, they don't even go to our church. You know, they're, they're totally good with whatever, you know, they've never said that we needed to keep or even name the church that it was just kind of a, a, out of honor. Right. Which is fine. But we joked about it. And he, I look, I, I just basically said to him, you know, that's not the most important thing to me. I said, but that'd be something I would look at if you, if this was what God would want for me to come, come there. And he said, you know, we've been talking about it for 10 years that we need to do that. And I said, you know, and and of course God wasn't leading, leading that process, but I looked, but I told him on the phone, I said, you know, I'm not sure I'm the right fit for you because I think I would, I would want to change too much too quickly. Yeah. And I just don't think it'd be healthy. And so part of the part of the reason that I think this is so important is you got to know who you are as a leader. That there there's pastors that are faithful, godly men that are way more mature than me that can handle you know going through ten years of waiting to to change something like that or or or, or change the methods and how they reach younger people and 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 you know grow their small group ministry and whatever it might be, but. Every God has gifted each person differently for his kingdom, and there's no greater or lesser of importance role in in leadership in any way. But I think for me, I knew myself and I knew that this is the wrong fit for me and how God's wired me. But someone else is going to do a way better job than I will in that in that area. So so that's just a story that I remember that was kind of funny, but kind of 
like it, and I was probably mid thir- early 30s I was like a, a little probably probably a little bit more impulsive than I am now I'm still I love change and I love to go fast but I knew I knew then like I'm gonna drive them crazy I'm just gonna and, drive and I think it's good I'll, and I I'll, think I, well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I want to make sure people know that, like, you're you're not at all bashing that church. I know you're not. You know you, that church for their no, name. No, they, right they were some of the most genuine people, right? And, and it wasn't anything against them. I just knew what they needed was it wasn't me, and right. I think he knew that too after talking to me because right. my heart was more in planting and starting something new. And there, so it, there's in no way I, still, is my they story still hold the name negative. They still hold the name. I googled it. They still hold the name. Uh, so. And, and and I say that because I think it's just important to know is, but here's the question. The first question I, I, I pulled from the book that I shared is the change essential to the mission. Correct. No, it really isn't right. That, that was more of Josh. And, well, and of course, as we talked about it, there was many people that had brought it up apparently, but for me, it was like, man, I just don't know if I could, I could sleep at night. I'd be, just be frustrated, you know? Um, Josh, I've had that happen. Silly, that's a silly example, you know, but it's but that's just the way I'm wired. I've had that happen. I and you know, the name of the church or whatever it may be, and it just puts mm-hmm. a check, and you're like, hey, I don't know if I'd want to change this too much. I want to do, and you know, I had the same incident. Mm-hmm. I had a church that was interested in uh, me being their pastor um, in South Florida, and uh, I was asked, you know, why'd you turn them down? Why'd you turn them down? They were paying good. They were doing all this. I said the reality is, I don't think I was a good fit. Um, talking to them. They're good people, honest, good, genuine people, but I know what I would probably likely do. And I drive them crazy. And so mm-hmm. change, you just got to, Oh, I think what you're saying. And I, and I wholeheartedly agree is this idea that we got to know who we are as leaders as well. When we're doing this, when we're, when we're doing change mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. going through change. And so Josh, what other steps would you say, you know, as we kind of begin to wrap up things a little bit, what other steps would you think in, in leading change? And then maybe even, uh, you know, just as importantly, is how do we know if uh, change is successful? Uh, you know, if it's, it's it's something we should do, it's a successful change. Yeah, I think I think successful change brings unity to a church, yeah. even even if you have to go through uh, some pushback or people that are discouraged. I mean, I remember when I first came to the Bridge Church, it was right during COVID, and you know, a lot of people had different opinions on on how we should respond, right? And uh, how do we how do we stay safe? How do we mask or other people uh, felt the other way. And so um, choosing to say, you know what, we want to serve you guys and we're going to do the best we can with the, with the information we have. And, and we're praying that you will show grace to one another. Now, a lot of people did a great job from, from what I can even remember because it was all a blur. But, but as a leader, we have to choose, what, are we going to try to unite or are we going to try to divide over these things that are not really essential to our faith? And I find that if you're making change on non-essentials, right. preferences, kind of like what I was saying a minute ago, like a name of a church, like that's kind of my preference, kind of self-focused, really. Uh, if everybody's good with it, why why should it not be okay with me? Uh, but but when it comes to leading change, it's building unity, building, answering their questions, taking time to lead them through it, letting, especially the people that struggle processing change. Right. Right. Some certain personalities, right? Certain certain giftings. When they hear a change or they hear this that something could change, they begin the process of finding all the reasons why it won't work. And you need that person. You do. 
but you don't always need to tell them everything to, uh, to until you know it's you have enough data and really you've prayed through it to even bring it up. I've right. made that mistake where I've just brainstormed with people and half the room is tail spinning. And, and guess what? I'm just thinking, I'm just dreaming. And they're like freaking out because they're thinking, Oh, we're going to do all this stuff. No, no, here's just some ideas. So I think reading the room, knowing your team, knowing your church, uh, it takes time to, to get to know people. So you know how to talk to them and give them time to process and think about it and ask questions. And, and, and it'd be okay for them to say, Hey, I struggle with this and not react, not get defensive and give them time, pastor them through that so that they can, so they can, so they can get on the other side of it if it truly is a God decision. But right. for me, like we we're saying earlier, I've already processed it 50,000 ways for six months. And there's been stuff that I've been thinking about for two years that we're just getting around to start to develop that we think could really so, help people. So sometimes it's, it's a not now, sometimes it's wait. And again, I want to go back to saying this, the, the importance of having the people, because if, if you're a leader uh, in a church who is a visionary, many times you're seeing things before anyone else is seeing them. You are, uh, you can put your head around something way before anybody else and you need specific people around you that can see. Cause here's the thing. I'm a visionary. I'm a high high visionary and the problem with me is i don't even see the trees the weeds the stumps the barriers the walls that are going to stand in the way of accomplishing that vision i i don't even mm -hmm. see it i'm just giving you my flaws right on the back i know mm -hmm. top notch the people i need to put around me so as as a church planter right now i'm looking for that person who's going to come alongside me or people who are going to come alongside of me and go Hey, Jay, love the vision, behind the vision, excited about the vision, but are you aware there's this huge wall that's going to stand right in the way that we're going to have to figure out how to get over or through or under? Oh, no, I didn't see that. And bring me back down to reality because I live in the clouds. Listen, I just got to know that. I know that up front. And if you are a high-capacity leader who errs towards the idea of vision, you've got to know that. You've got to be self-aware that, look, you're seeing things that people are going to go, what in the world are you talking about? There's no way in the world that's possible. But the reality is it may very well be possible. But those are the type of people that are seeing the walls and the hurdles. and the thing. You, you just said this a minute ago. I'm not saying anything you didn't say, Josh. You need those people. Well, around you're you. saying it really well. But here's here's here here's here's a little bit of a of another angle, Jay. What about the pastor that says, you know, I got away to the woods, and or I went off and I, I went to the beach for two days, and I came back, or I went to a conference, <laughs> and I have a new vision, and they come back and within two days, they've changed everything that they had yeah. been planning to change for nine months. And then they get up and they tell the whole church that. And they say things like, God told me. And I went to the mountaintop. And there's a place for that because we need to be seeking the Holy, the, the Lord. But how do you, I mean, how do you feel about it? Because that, that's kind of been the thing for a long time. You hear that no. all the time. So and got it. I've heard story after story and it, it and I hear you. When I took the test, you know, the inventory, I'm I'm on the visionary side as well. 
but it's just interesting to me that sometimes we we take that and we go well i have this vision and i and i went to this mountaintop and 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 it's almost like moses coming down with the ten commandments like i went to him he gave it to me and everything i'm going to tell you is exactly what we should do and the question is have we even run it through the filter of wisdom? Like, yes, I'm not, God can give you an inkling and pressure, but God can in, impress on your heart. But there's a danger, I think, where we think okay. I'm the only one that can come up with the vision. I'm the only one that, and I think that just that that really leads leads to unhealthy leadership in churches. Okay, I'm not Moses. I'm th- I'm, th- I'm throwing I'm throwing a grenade in the in the conversation. All right. <laughs> yeah, so you just, are. I'm just, well, I, what I am, I'm getting, I'm throwing lots I, of tension so, today my point of what I was saying is acknowledging exactly what you're saying can be the problem. Mm-hmm. I can easily say, Hey, I've heard from the Lord and I've seen this because the truth of the matter is I, I, I think I do see things that not everybody's seeing. And I see them earlier. Like I'm, I'm usually steps ahead of some people. And I don't say that in a, in a bragging way or anything like that. I just know that about myself, but what I've been taught, what I've been coached by great men mm-hmm. of wisdom, great people of wisdom is caution that, because with a gift comes some responsibility, and there is a responsibility that I need to make sure and ensure that it's not just – because if I'm hearing it, God's also going to move in the hearts of others as well. It, it's not going to be right. – I'm not going to be a solo act, and I exactly. know that, and I have to be careful of that. So you just said the filter of wisdom. There is a filter. So, Pastor, if you go away to a conference, Pastor, if you get out away in the woods and you go out on a shrimping boat and you, you're shrimping for days and you hear from the Lord – Praise God you heard from the Lord. Bring this back to your leadership and give them a chance to digest it and seek and say, God, is this from you? And again, I'm not saying it's not. I don't want to estimate it, but you can't just get up on a on a weekend and just change everything because, God, you heard from the Lord in the woods. And I say that, and I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, and I'm not trying to underestimate what God can do. But there's a great counsel of wisdom. When you bring people around and you say, hey, this is what I believe is happening. And there has been times I've seen things. Mm-hmm. I, so, Josh, let me give you an example. I told somebody one time, I said, listen, um, you know, I see in this individual a church planter. And they would look at me and go, no, no way. You know, this, 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 this. I see it. And I would, I would lead a group of people to embrace that change. And yes, it didn't happen immediately, but I would see that person would go on to plant a church. Mm-hmm. That's happened. That's happened. Yeah. And those are some I, of the greatest I, stories. I, I, but I tell you have yeah. to bring it around people and bring people along the process. You are not I totally leading agree. anyone I think, I think I, if no one's following. Yeah. You're not leading anyone if no yes, one is following. You're just taking a walk. You're just taking a yeah, walk. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I'm not saying that there's not a moment where you hear from the Lord because I, I, like you, Jay, there's been many things that God has kind of given me a picture or a, a thought process of where we could be in two years or how we're going to try to do something. And so that's not what I'm speaking. I think more of the, the actual applying of that vision and how you roll that out and lead the people to understand it, have time to process it and then bring them along together that we're, we're moving as one. It's not just, you know, I'm, I'm out here uh, on another planet kind of thing. And I think that's a, that's, that's an outlier. I don't think, I don't think most pastors actually do what I just described, but I have been around that and seen that a few times or even heard lots of stories about it. And so I guess to guard our heart, have a healthy process. And when you roll change out and really, really take time to pray about it, unless it's something that's, that's simple and small and, and you don't have to have to run through the filter. 
That's good. That's good, Josh. Listen, this has been a good conversation, a healthy conversation mm-hmm. uh, about change. And we didn't, we probably just scratched the surface. Um, there may be, you may be out there and going, Hey, I'd love to talk about this, or I'd love to hear more on this aspect of change. I'd love to hear from you. I think it'd be great to hear mm-hmm. from those who are like, yeah, this is a big topic. It's a broad, you said at the very beginning, broad, big topic. And so I want to encourage yeah, let you. Me, li- let me give, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. I just want to say was, one, one last thing. I think, I think giving clarity to why change needs to happen. I think the best reason and the best way to find out if you need to change something is ask the right questions, right? The right questions go back to the mission, go back to the most important things. And so the question might be, if a church is declining and struggling, ask the question, um, why have we not baptized anybody this year? Right? What, what is it going to take for us to reach new people and lead people to Jesus this year? Uh, what do we need to do as leadership to personally be investing, inviting, sharing our faith with people on a daily basis before we ask the church to do it, right? Well, what needs to change in my heart? What, you know, I'm going to ask the church to be generous in giving. How do I need to generously give? So I think it's, it's, it's a process that you go through with the church, not at the church or at, you know, in, in that way. So I do think leading change, you have to go back to the most important questions. Why are we doing this? Why do we need to change? And sometimes we wait too long. And then we're on life support as a church trying to figure out how to keep this thing going, which is sadly how a lot of churches around our nation, that's where they're at today. Many churches are thriving, growing, and either way, whether, and it's not about how big the church is. It's all about, is it healthy? Because healthy things grow spiritually, they grow emotionally, they grow maturity, they grow, you know, with with multiplying themselves and, and reaching people. So I think at the end of the day, we should not change things just to change them or just change things because we're bored and we like to change things. We should always go back to, is this change essential to the mission like, like the book talks a lot about? Uh, but I just want to kind of throw that out there. There's a lot we could say today and we're leaving out, but... I have to check my heart and say, is this a change Josh wants? Is this a change God is leading us to make? Right. Because it can't be built on my preferences, just like I wouldn't want it to be built on someone else's preferences. Right. And I think that's great. And I think that's important. uh, Again, we haven't scratched the surface uh, of change. And I'd love to hear if there is something that you're going, hey, this is a great topic, but I would love to talk a little bit more about this. Reach out to us. Let us know uh, the pastorpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we enjoy hearing from you on the other side uh, because we want it to be a conversation, not just something you're listening to, but a conversation. We'd love you to participate and be a part of that. So uh, don't ever hesitate to reach out to us, the pastorpod at gmail.com. Uh, Josh, any final words before we wrap up today? I was going to make sure you had that chance to um, leave us with any other resources, thoughts. I just have a lot to say today, Jay, more than usual. So you're probably just going to have to cut me off. But um, I I really love this topic because I really feel like, just like you, I love love to see things change for the better. I love to see things thriving, uh, whether it's our personal lives or our church. But I would say at the end of the day, uh, if there's anything we can do to help you uh, in your own personal leadership or just you need someone to pray for you, um, if you have a prayer request for you and your church or just you personally, p- please let us know through through the email. And if you're if you're a pastor, a leader and you're discouraged, you know, and you're trying to you're trying to lead change, you're trying to 
to do the best you can with what God has given you. And you're, you're, maybe you've hit a wall, you know, shoot us a few questions. We'd love to dialogue with you and, and encourage you as best we can. And, uh, but change, change is normal. If you read the scriptures, if you study the early church, change was normal. And, and that's why we're still talking about Jesus across the Atlantic ocean, because people didn't stay the same. They didn't stay comfortable. They didn't stay inside the walls. They left and they sent out people. They planted churches. They spread the gospel. They met people they didn't know. They had to change all constantly how they got the word out and how they were to love people, right? The gospel stays the same, but the mission and the mission stays the same, but the methods, how we do things, how we connect with people. We've got to always be asking the question, is this the is this the best way to do this? How can we try something different to lead people to understand who Jesus is? If there's anything we can do for you, let us know. We want to come alongside of you. You're not alone. You don't have to go through it alone. We can jump on a phone call. You can email us with your number. We can jump on a phone call. Uh, we want to come alongside of you. That's what we're here for. Um, we do this to learn and to grow ourselves, but also to come alongside and support you. So uh, feel free to reach out to us. Again, that email is thepastorpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the Pastor Pod each and every week. Uh, new episodes drop at 3 a.m. on Friday morning. So if you're an early riser, you can jump on that. I don't know if I've ever met anybody who's listening at 3 a.m., Josh. But uh, that being said, every Friday you can tune back in. So until next week, from Josh and myself here at the Pastor Pod, have a great weekend ahead and a great week next week. See you soon.